Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Quite a busy couple weeks in the game. Yeah, we are we are on schedule, and uh, Faye has provided us with not one, but two banners, and normally we'd be like oh we'll just save the second banner for the next episode but nope we're doing them all we're getting it all done they're in the game it passes our our rule of it's in the game unwritten rule we've usually had is we wait until the banner is actually released in game to cover the heroes and they are in game so well most of them the grand hero battle hasn't started yet yeah well by the time you listen to this uh i will make sure It'll be in the game, so because I think it launches um, the 18th is the date. So, so tomorrow, from yeah. when we're recording, exactly. And so. Eddie is correct. It is, uh, it is not a written rule. It's not written anywhere. It's just something that we we have passed down episode to episode. But something that is written down and is a written rule is that we always start with the banners. Uh, we've got the weekly revival 17 and 55 running. New power goes until the 19th. A hero rises uh, 2023 top four into the 21st. Childhood encounter special heroes revival until the 24th. Double special heroes until the 26th. No matter where uh, the special heroes banner that's running right now. Yes, that's the the young heroes banner uh, that's running until May 6th. And New Heroes and Rearmed Ingrid runs until the 8th of May. Now, Eddie, how did you do on your summoning? I did pretty decent. I did summon on the Young Hero banner, uh, which is the No Matter Where banner, and managed to get all four units. I think I sparked for Hector. I ended up getting a spare later while I was still hunting for Elliewood and or Mark. On the Rearmed Ingrid banner, I got a couple random drops early on, uh, Priam and Volk. Uh, in my first summon ring, uh, first couple summon rings before getting an early Felix. A little later on, I got an insane ring where I got uh, Sylvain not once but three times, as it was two four-star versions and a five-star version dropped all on one bit ring. Uh, in my continued hunt for Ingrid and Rhea, I got a four-star boosted Fallen Harden before sparking for Ingrid, and I managed to get Rhea... Uh, I did manage to get um, Rhea and decided to do a little more Ingrid hunting and managed to get uh, two spare Ingrids on that last ring. Wow. So that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good summoning results. A couple of uh, multi, uh, multi summons there. Pretty, pretty sweet. Um, yeah. For me, uh, I was summoning on the uh, Young Heroes banner for uh, Blazing Blade and I got uh, pretty quickly a four star Rebecca. Uh, then uh, nothing had to spark for Mark uh, and Lynn, the duo hero on the banner. Uh, but I did, you know, uh, Blazing Blade being the first Fire Emblem game I played, pretty close to my my heart there. So I went back and summoned for Elliewood, and after a bit, I did get Hector as well. Um, and then uh, I I may have mentioned this on a couple episodes. I had a bunch of orbs stacked up how i got to over 500 i have no idea i've never had that many so i decided to uh splurge a little bit and do some summoning on the double special heroes banner which 
to me always seems like a really good uh appearance rate i think it's six percent it starts at is that is that right yep yeah yep so um on that adventure i got a four star upgrade for uh curia which i didn't have before and managed to get a new year's ash and moose pill um and then i feel like yeah no that's that's what i got no yeah that was what i did i i had ended up getting not much from it and then i sparked for new year's ash and then i was like oh my appearance rate is so high i better reset it so i continued to summon and the further i went in the further i went into my orb uh stash and i was like oh what am i doing here and finally um Moose Bell uh, appeared and I'm like, okay, great. I can jump out of here and learn, probably learn nothing from this, but at least know oh, that. Uh, that yeah. a special Moose Bell or a regular Moose Bell? A uh, special Moose Bell. I think he's, well, Fire I don't know. Tribe? Flame Tribe? Moose oh, Bell? yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Flame Tribe um, Moose Bell. So, because uh, I know I got a bunch of four star Soren and Rinka. Fire tribe Rinka. Okay. So Okay. Yeah. That that was that was a weird banner. We're here to celebrate the Flame Tribe. So the one person that's actually from the Flame Tribe is the four star unit. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit odd. Uh I remember that. <laughs> we had discussed that one particular issue with it. Um but you know, I, I think I, I I ended up moving away from that banner. I had under a hundred orbs, so I kinda like I, I basically used most of them and then we got this new banner that just launched um, today and I was like, okay, well let's start summoning on this. So I'm, you never know. And uh, I also wanted to get into the forging bonds while I still had my Fey pass uh, active and managed to get a couple of free summoning tickets and use them to summon on the new banner and got a rearmed Ingrid off the first couple tickets. So pretty happy about that i i might end up dropping out of that banner um since i'm under 10 summons there i might i might not continue although you know the mythic and legendary banners really haven't been a big hit for me lately uh not a big fan of yuri no well you know i like yuri but i again i, I don't know if i need a legendary version of of yuri to be honest Yep. Yeah, um makes sense uh, not everything works for everyone. Um, so did you use up all your free summon tickets or you got a couple more to drop? I have a couple more. Uh, Who knows what you might get? Yeah, I might try to get Rhea or Felix. I know Sylvain's the four star on the banner. so um, Yeah, so he'll be dropping randomly in the future. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Sylvain, but uh, Felix and Rhea would be would be pretty cool. If, uh, and I am I am focusing on those orb colors with the free tickets, so... We'll see how it goes, but I am now back into saving mode when it comes to orbs. So, uh, yep. yeah, just in time for wedding bells ringing in, in a couple months, I suppose. Uh, beginning of next or no end of next month, probably. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. the calendar does go out far enough to show the next ban- next new banner is going to be a new heroes. So bridal would be the end of May. Uh, but on the calendar, there's not a ton of giant note, uh, anything special out. Uh, there is a new Bound Hero Battle with Coleman Nimi coming on the 27th. And a day after that, we have our new Mythic Hero on the 28th. Uh, and we'll be back before we, and maybe when we come back, we'll have some idea what this new Hero's Return banner listed here is. 
because it doesn't list it as a revival. So I'm not sure what that's all about. Hmm. But Treating. that's on the third of May, so a little, you know, a couple days after our next episode. Okay. Well, maybe they'll shed a little bit of light on that before we record next. Uh, but a uh, another hero we're gonna have before our next recording will be the next resplendent hero, which is Cecilia, Etrurian general. Uh, and Eddie, further proving that when we challenge intelligent systems on this podcast, um, sometimes I don't think they listen, but sometimes things happen and we, we prove ourselves right uh, where our predictions are correct. I don't remember exactly what we said last time, but yeah, we were commenting on the fact that we had two back to back elf outfits and they decided to uh, double down and or not really double down, but keep going with it. And we have a third one coming. Yeah, I think the idea is they didn't prove us right. They proved us wrong. We were like, there's no way they'll do a third book four in a row. And sure enough, uh, they have. So I think uh, I said, I think I was coming that there's no set pattern. So who knows? But I doubt they will. And they did. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they very much did. So if you're a fan of book four, you're going to have your third hero in a row here. Starting on April 25th for Faye Pass subscribers, you'll be able to add uh, Cecilia in her Dolkelheimer armor uh, to your hero's collection. Book four streak is now up to three. And this is where we say there's no way they could do four in a row, right? If you want to say that in Tempt Fate, feel free. I will admit that I do like Cecilia's uh, artwork. Looking at that. It's yeah. a nice design. I have nothing so. wrong with the with the there's nothing wrong with the book four stuff. I actually think that um they've they've probably they've they've definitely looked the most unique in terms of their resplendent versions. And I think they've actually probably had more fun designing these book four looks uh for these heroes because it's just you have the colors, you have uh the added sort of effects for the special attack and whatnot, and it's just a little more flourish. Yeah. It's really cool. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if anything, this proves that the way they do it is they pick the hero they're doing next and design the armor afterwards and don't worry about what came before. So who knows what we'll get next. But what we did get was the uh, Blazing Blade uh, Child Banner. Yeah, exactly. So we have new young heroes. These are new special heroes. No matter where is the banner. Uh, Faye is having us travel back in time to the time before the prequel, focusing on your favorite heroes from Blazing Blade. Uh, there's a bit of a retcon here because I'm pretty sure at the begin, not retcon, but like they're playing with the timeline a bit. But in Blazing Blade, Lynn meets Mark for the first time uh, within the game. And now I think yep. if you summon Mark plus Lynn in the game at their young versions, they it feels as though they already know each other, but you know, it's a free to play game. They got to, they got to put these heroes in somehow. So they, they play with that a little bit, but uh, yeah, you've got Rebecca, Hector, Elliewood, Mark with Lynn and Lucius uh, now available as young heroes uh, on their, on this banner, no matter where. Yep. Yeah. They tend to scoot around the, you know, logic and stuff of that. I think um, somewhere I saw, I think it might have been the level 40 thing for uh, Mark and Lynn. 
talk about a promise. So even if they forget each other later on, any promise they make is still binding because of the planes of Sakai. So I think they're suggesting that they met when young, then got separated, and then met again later on. Yeah, no, that, that actually makes sense. Uh, however they decided to do it, the first uh, one we have to cover on the banner is Hector, sworn friend. The younger brother of the ruler of Ostia, Hector made fast friends with Eliwood at a young age, and we see that version of him here. He maintains his X-armored aesthetic and wields valiant war axe. He also comes with a new defense-focused special called Armored Beacon, which has extra protection when attacked from range. As with almost all versions of Hector, he does have a disencounter, only this time it's part of a unique skill called Ostia's Heart. Uh, so he's quite heavily uh, kitted out. Good solid, uh, good solid armor unit. So mm-hmm. I love his design too because uh, he like it, it, you you look at it immediately and I was like, oh yeah, that is a young version of Hector. He's got the axe. He's got the mm-hmm. The blue hair and the red cape and um i love that you know we were talking earlier about how they kind of play around with the timelines a little bit with these with these young hero versions but elliewood and hector within the games lifelong friends so that they kind of run they run with that with these heroes so it's nice when they do have that bit of like lore they can pull from they really run from run with it, so I should say, uh, and it's it's super cool to see these uh, these two characters kind of talk about each other um, as if they're in you know their their younger selves. It's it's really neat. Yep, and I forgot to note down, but he is also a savior unit, which kind of fits with Hector. Yes, very much so. Very much so. That's really cool. Uh, and speaking of his bestest friend, Elliewood pledged friend a young Eliwood has come to visit from the lycia region of alib he's the son of elbert who is the marquess of Fare and Eliwood's role model <laughs> Eliwood is a sword cavalry hero hero wielding fiery war sword uh has some interesting stat boost skills including speed slash defense clash four in the a slot that applies a boost if you move before initiating combat uh, inborn idealism in the C slot grants uh, an attack slash speed slash defense boost, bonus doubler, and null panic if a dragon ally is on the field. So no dragons to speak of on this banner, but I'm sure you can find a couple of dragons within your hero's collection to uh, bring alongside Eliwood. To oh, uh, one or uh, two, isn't yeah. it also work if there's beast allies? Uh, or is that someone else who had beast allies as well? You know what? Let me double, triple check that. I don't know. I, I only saw... Oh, you know what? You're right. So yes, dragon or beast, you are correct. That's a good uh, good clarification there. So um, lots of beast units as well. Yep, and this is a unique to him skill so far. Yes. So, yep. Uh, joining those two on the banner is Rebecca Breezy's Camp. I'll admit I don't remember her much from uh, the Blazing Blade games, uh, much less what she was when she was like when she was younger, but she does join on the banner as the four-star unit and an infantry archer wielding a unique bow called the Gusty Warbow. Apparently war is the theme of these weapons in this banner because everyone has a, you know, descriptive war weapon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a four-star unit. Uh, she does not have any new skills on her, though. But... Yeah. 
I don't remember much about Rebecca either. I'm assuming she's one of the intro archer units you get in the game. The design is effective and unique. Uh, she was one of the silhouettes on the banner, and or for the banner, and from that I was able to deduce what game it was because I remembered that silhouette of the bandana with the two braids. Ah, yes. No, that's true. Yeah, the silhouettes have been. Um... It, sometimes, you know, when you see it, you know it and you, you get it right away. And uh, that was a pretty iconic silhouette there. So very good eyes on that one. Um, our next hero is the duo hero on the banner, which is Mark plus Lynn. Winds of Hope, a young Mark and Lynn have come to visit Asker. I'm not sure where Mark came from exactly, but I know Lynn was living a nomadic life in Lieb at this age. Mark and Lynn are a blue tome infantry duo hero wielding total war tome, which, as Eddie said earlier, a lot of their weapons have to do with with war. Still think it's an odd weapon name to to give a couple of kids, but uh, you know we've had these conversations about the young heroes uh, banner. It's like it's, but uh, does have a few sabotage type effects where enemy stats will be reduced, plus Canto Control three as well. Uh, their duo skill is uh, it inflicts isolation, guard, and special cooldown count plus two on foes within three spaces or three columns centered on unit. So a lot of focus on um, basically stat reductions on on your enemies, uh, as well as uh, Canto Control three. Like what, which ones? That they, there's so many different ones, but I think that one is what's the control variation? I, I know the remaining. Okay, so we got. So limits the number of spaces target can move with with Canto through their next action. So it's basically an anti-Canto. Is that what that is? Uh, Canto control. I believe it is something to help limit, yeah, restrict Canto units, stop hmm. them out. Uh, it is designed to control Canto units. Yeah, I mean it's right there in the name. <laughs> Could probably guess that. Yeah. Uh, but, right, but yeah, if foe within four spaces of unit triggers Canto. Uh, inflicts canto control on that foe. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there so. you go. Yep, I did look a bit up about Rebecca. She seems to be the Donald of Blazing Blade. Oh. A young 15-year-old archer. So based on this, she's five or six, maybe three or four, uh, compared to the eight or nine of the other characters. Ah. <laughs> if the same amount of time back is taken. But she is early on in Blazing Blade. Apparently, she's the mother of Wolt from Binding Blade. So, hmm. according to what I was able to quickly pull up. Yeah. But, yeah, I've never played Binding Blade. I really wish that one would get translated, but. Uh... Yeah. And the last one on the banner is Lucius, Calming Light. Uh, he's another one who I don't have a ton of info from Blazing Blade because it's been so long since I got through that part and we kind of stopped after finishing Lynn's part and our playthrough there. Um, but he is the Tempest Trial unit, uh, and that is over at this time, but he is an infantry staff unit. Uh, as a Tempest Trial unit, he does have no new skills, but comes with a unique weapon called the Mystic War Staff. So, continuing with the unique weapons in here. Mm-hmm. Lots of war going on. Uh, Lucius, uh, I don't, again, don't remember much, as you said, from, from the main game. Uh, it's probably been a while. 
again, probably an early uh, healer unit. And um, yeah, unlocked him on the Tempest Trials. And I, I guess I was like not paying attention and I probably sent his four star version <laughs> home without thinking. I usually am really good to unlock the potential and then merge them to have like a. If, if you miss him, he'll come up in Grails. Eh. Or even if, if you have the five star version and you still have his, uh, if you send him home, then you're out of trouble. If you made him a book, then you can still unlock and upgrade him. Yeah, I usually just send home, but uh, I do have the five star version. So, I mean, I'm not definitely at a loss here. I just I just find it funny that I, I don't. Yeah, I usually just create everyone into books. And then eventually when I need feathers, I'll sell off a bunch of books, usually the ones that I have a lot of extras on. Well, we do have our next banner, two banners to discuss this week. Uh, our new heroes and rearmed Ingrid preview here. Uh, I, that's from before. Our new <laughs> new heroes and rearmed Ingrid. It's not a preview. We're, we're talking about it. We're talking about it. Uh, the three houses slash three hopes returns to the station to bring a new set of heroes from our favorite video game monastery. Uh, on the banner, we have Felix, Rhea, Sylvain, the four star on the banner, and rearmed Ingrid, the three hopes hero on the banner. Joining as a grand hero battle hero uh, is Cornelia. Uh, wondering if we're uh, no, yeah, wondering if we're gonna wait a week to do a full rundown. No, we're gonna do it right now. Think again, <laughs> right now. I it's, butchered my own. It's quite, copy. quite an assumption. Quite an assumption. Assume that this is the favorite video game monastery of all people. I'm just trying to. Okay, name another uh, video game monastery. I don't know of any off the top of my head, but well, who knows? That it's maybe not a favorite. <laughs> maybe maybe the Trails games have a monastery. Maybe if Jimmy uh, well, likes more than three houses. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to ping. I can't think of any others that I can think of off the top of my head, but there might be other people who have other favorites. Maybe, but right now the one that comes to mind is definitely Garrick Mock. Yes. Uh, and, uh, I forgot I, I did this again. Here we go. Uh, Felix lone wolf blade is the first hero on the banner. Felix is the heir to the Duke of Fraldarius, who's known in the Holy kingdom of Fargus as the shield of Fargus shaking off his winter blues. Felix arrives from three houses as a sword infantry hero wielding lone wolf. It's a lone wolf blade. Some would say. Uh, <laughs> attack slash speed bulwark three blocks foes from moving through adjacent spaces and reduces their attack slash speed plus recovers seven HP for Felix at the end of combat. I was trying to make a connection between like Felix's standoffish attitude and his ability to block foes from, from moving adjacent to him, but I couldn't quite figure out how to put it. Ah, uh, yes. And, if anyone, even with the Dungeons and Diapers podcast and all that, was of any doubt of Ryan's uh, qualifications as a father, he went and proved it with that lone wolf blade joke earlier. Yeah, it writes itself, but, really. And Felix has uh, Felix seems to be in heaven in Asker, as his forging bond shows, as he's constantly finding different uh, swordsmen from different worlds to uh, challenge against. <laughs> Apparently, Larcy did a pretty big number on him. Uh, his arm was aching th- for three days after he dueled with her. Oh. According to the forging bonds. Hmm. Oh, there you go, Felix. He's uh, lots of lots of uh, swords folks to challenge. Yep. Strong swordsmen to challenge. 
Uh, also joining is Rhea, loving matriarch. The leader of the Church of Ceres herself joins in the banner in a non-fallen version this time, with Rhea being a colorless dragon unit, wielding revealing breath. She does have the beast skill that the fallen version of her had, which was called True Dragon Wall. Uh, but here she is in her, you know, calm, collected, uh, you know, early game version from Three Houses. Hmm. And... This is what our third or fourth Rhea. Third, uh, we had a Halloween Rhea, and although oh, she then, then uh, our fourth, fourth, you're right. We did have a a duo hero. I think she was part of the summer banner. Okay, so then our fifth. Well, what's the other one? Sorry. Yep, summer Byleth, Halloween Rhea, fallen Rhea. Didn't we get Saros as a mythic or legendary? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did get Saros. If I recall correctly, they confirmed that she is Rhea. Yeah. That one? Yeah, pretty much. I think. Uh, yeah, one of those secrets that everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they look so similar, but you know that can mean anything. But no, in, in the game, it's like you know she's straight up. The, a lot, a lot of the folks you're running into have been around for quite a while in that game. Um, I'll be honest with you though, when I saw Rhea was on the banner, I was like, wait, I thought we already had a a normal. Well, I know we didn't have a normal version of Rhea, and maybe that's what I was thinking. We had a legendary version, but it's the Mythic Saros that I was thinking of. So yeah. This is, uh, I'm surprised it took this long, to be honest, to, to get Ray in here. Yep, yeah, the Summer Byleth with her as a duo, and then Halloween version of her, and now we have Normal and Fallen versions. Exactly. But we also have uh, Sylvain, uh, Consummate Flirt. Uh, here's, uh, here's Sylvain, the gallant flirt of the Blue Lions. He's the next in line to the title of Mar- Margrave Gautier. Changing out from his summer garb, Sylvain is a axe cavalry hero wielding allied axe plus. Now, because Sylvain is the Forester hero on the banner, he has no new skills. But uh, it is good to see Sylvain um, jumping out of the alt-only hero group and and getting his normal version as well. Yep. Complete with his chip on his shoulder uh, for his crest, as his forging bond shows. The star of the banner, another blue lion, rearmed Ingrid. Although this is the uh, this rearmed version comes with Arcane Lewin and designed from her uh, Three Hopes appearance, complete with the alternate future of the monastery having closed shortly after the time that the other units came from. She is a blue flying lance unit who has a unique Canto skill called Knightly Devotion, as well as a tier four version of Guard Bearing, which is one a skill the summer version of her has. So, and nice outfit based on her Three Hopes design. I believe it'll be li- listed in the Three Ho- three Houses area as the other Three Hopes units are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we were discussing in Discord, um, and there was some confusion, I didn't know if uh, they didn't know if he was talking about. Um, yeah, my brain is not completely working. Uh, Lord Nero was commenting on Cornelia about the fact that I don't think Cornelia has any difference between her um, for between Three Hopes and Three Houses. Uh, but I didn't know if he was talking about her or Ingrid. But. Well, it is interesting. I think it's a neat idea that they're using Three Houses to, or sorry, Three Hopes to kind of give you. Yeah, where I was going to, the Three Hopes seem to be the arcane or the or the rearmed or the ascendant versions of the monastery students seems to be their current plan 
rather than jumping straight to war act they're they're kind of using three yep, hopes I'm as a fully expecting to get normal war act of all the students once they finish all the academy arts because these are academy felix and sylvain yeah yeah it, it like it, it's really cool that they are using three hopes to kind of i know i i hesitate to use the word pad you know pad it out but i mean really what they're doing is they're they're having their cake and eating it too they're they're doing the academy arc but also bringing in like some alternate versions of these characters from not necessarily the war arc but like that middle ground like kind of within the five-year gap was the idea yep um yes and no like mentioned it is an alternate timeline yeah situation just like all the different routes are alternate timelines true that's a good point um it is just cool to see them pull from it and not just ignore it completely which is uh i'd 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 rather i'd rather get more three i'd like to see more three hopes versions because there are some uh a lot of those characters were given very unique and different looks um so yep and you'll notice the the actual three hopes banner we had had only one three houses unit in there and she was the ascended unit the rest of the banner were all unique or exclusive to three hopes units Mm -hmm. Yeah. With Monica, uh, what's it called? Chez, Chez, and uh, what's his name? Hilda's brother. Oh, yeah. His name I can't think of off the top of my head. It starts with an H. No, no, it doesn't. Hilda's name starts with an H. Yes. No, well, Hilda's brother. We can't just uh, we can't just have that. It's uh, Holst. I knew. Yeah, I was right. It, it did start with an H. H. Yeah. Yep. I was either leaning on H or D. I couldn't remember, but uh, Holst was the brother. So everyone can save their emails. Um, Cornelia, Saint Consumed. This is the grand hero battle unit on the banner. Cornelia is a mage from the continent of Fodlan. She was born in the Adrestrian Empire, but later employed her talents in the Holy Kingdom of Fargus. Cornelia is a staff grand hero battle hero wielding uh, Asclepius, being the uh, GHB unit. No new skills for cornelia and um eddie you probably you i know you uh hinted at this in the discord but i i do not remember this character whatsoever uh well, maybe more from three hopes than three houses but i could be wrong well, she was i don't even know if she actually appeared in three houses if it was it was like barely at all but she was essentially kind of a she part of the group with what's his name the annoying one the bad guy the those who lurk in the shadows Oh, kind really? Of controlling Fargus in the background. So she was primarily a Blue Lion route. Okay. Character. Well, then that would explain why I don't. So, uh, she's not familiar because I never. You never did the route. Blue Lions and you didn't really interact with her much, if at all. Oh. Well, there you go. That's all of our heroes, our two banners from Fire Emblem Heroes. And with that, we're going to head into the Elt Realm gate and talk about Fire Emblem Engage. We've been on a bit of a kick lately, doing some spoiler chats and just uh, overall playing the game. And before we get to spoilers, because uh, we didn't mention this earlier, we got through chapter 21 slash 22, another large milestone for the game. Another split map. Yeah, another split map. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Which made it a really good stopping point to discuss and i now know why we had said it two weeks ago and i failed to get there but i'm glad we got there um for this episode but before we do that we're going to do dlc 
we're going to talk about the DLC. Because, yep, the Fel Xenolog came out. Yes. Shortly after we recorded last time. Yeah. I think the day after we recorded last time. Yeah, exactly. And I know, uh, I know, Eddie, uh, you played the Fel Xenolog. Now you finished it, correct? Correct. I finished Fel Xenolog. I have the new characters. I have the new classes. Uh, although they are very expensive if you want more than one of them. <laughs> so what do you mean? But, like you have to buy upgrades? So tokens? essentially for completing the Felzinalog, you get one of each of the items that you need to transfer a unit into that class, and then you can buy additional ones. I think with the silver card that you get in the first um, Divine Paralog map, uh, if you go get it, I don't know if you automatically get it otherwise, Um it's like 68,000 and 97,000 gold for an extra one of them. Each of them. Wow. Different ones. Different. Yeah. It's expensive to get those items. So hmm. it's not the type of thing you're going to be reclassing your entire barracks into. No. So did you pick a character yet that you want to apply those, uh, I those new classes to? I gave Boucheron the Mage Cannoneer class. I haven't decided who I want for my enchanter. I'm. The beginning, whether I want to give it to Fram or maybe give it to, um, what's this called? Jean, who kind of seems almost perfect for it with his storyline, at least. But hmm. now, when you say, and I mean, this could be considered a little spoilery, but I, I'm going to ask it anyways. When you say that you, you have the new characters, th- this is a confirmation essentially that you get to bring those new characters back into the main game. There are certain characters in the Felzina log that will come back to the main game. That was, I'm not sure I'd really call that a spoiler. Maybe telling you exactly who they are would be a spoiler, but I think if mm-hmm. you've seen anything about what the Felzina log is telling, you can figure out who they probably are. But there are new characters that you meet in the Felzina log that will come with you. That was part of the whole advertisement. New characters, new classes, and an entire new story. Mm-hmm. When they come over into the main game are they just kind of like warped in or is there a bit of story to it like there was in three houses well honestly in three houses there wasn't really story to how they joined you because they did it differently there in three houses Mm -hmm. um this is part of the main part of your save file this is not separate like it was in three houses um in fact to go along with the theme of three houses being all kinds of alternate dimensions, the uh, you know side story there was kind of an alternate dimension as well because some of the stuff that happens wouldn't fit in logically with the main game. It theoretically could, but there was some little weirdness in the way you actually recruit the characters in the um, main game afterwards doesn't quite fit as easily. Uh, but this one is straight up you um, in the Somniel, something weird happens. You click on it, you go to the Felzinalog, you do the story, and once you complete all six chapters of the Felzinalog, uh, the, all the unlocks happen. So there's no doling out the new characters or anything like that. And there is a story connect explanation of why they show up. You can debate or argue whether when they show up makes sense for some things, but. Okay. Interesting. Um, so that kind of makes me want to go into the Felzina log, similar to purchasing yep. the DLC before finishing the game. 
actually yeah. getting those characters. Oh yeah, I definitely think you should try and do the Felzina log before you finish the main game, and I'm actually going to probably do a second playthrough, take my time, but do a second playthrough and try and do the Felzina log as early as possible to allow for extra interactions and see what shows up. In, hmm. in the Felzina log, there are unique interactions because you can bring any characters you want through with you. So um, essentially, you know, I was, uh, as they showed in the trailers for it, you fight, you know, alternate versions of all the royals. And so I had the royals fighting themselves and getting unique dialogues between the Fel Xenolog version and the normal version. So unlike the Cindered Shadows, you get to select who your characters that go into it are, but they are a set class or set class, set level, and set gear. Uh, you can change what bracelet they have, depending on how you want them to, what bracelets you want them to carry. But it is all preset gear and such. Okay. I, I actually kind of dig that. I mean, I know they want to get you into the Xenolog and, and focused on the story, and they don't want you to have to worry about, oh, what level are my characters? What gear do they have? And I, I think that's 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 a good approach for like a smaller bite size story because this is like what six chapters or so. Yep, six chapters. Okay, go through. That's not bad. Um, I think I had I had one more question. Uh, so the the story. I mean, like we don't get into details, but did you enjoy it? Did you think that it was a, a decent side story that they've added here? It was an interesting little indecent side story. Um. As with the rest of writing in Engage, some of the stuff was predictable. Uh, there were some twists, like in, in Engage, there were some twists that I didn't quite catch. But there was other things that made it a little, you know, that were like, uh, yeah, I saw that coming. Um, once you get into it, you if you go to the uh, spoiler discussion, and I've tagged and marked where they take place, you'll see where some of the surprises got me, and what I felt about them at the time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I jumped back in there after uh, finishing 22, just to kind of see some thoughts and stuff. And <laughs> yep. there's uh well, well, we'll get to it. Um, before we talk about the spoilers here though, uh, I did end up picking up the DLC. I have unlocked all the bracelets. I have not loaded up the fell Xenolog though. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on the bracelets? So I, I'll say this, I've used about half of them quite a bit, maybe three quarters of them. Uh, I, I obviously Tiki is, is very OP. She uh, is able mm. to give a revival stone and has a, a right off the bat, like a super weapon that will like kind of fire in a T shape, um, yep. which works really well I've when, that, when enemies I've bunch up breath from her. Yeah. And, uh, you obviously using the three houses uh lords uh a lot and they are as well very strong and i and i love the way they kind of bring in the combat arts and you you use your emblem turns i don't know what that's the specific term but you use your your turns to basically use uh, a, a super move that's like hey if you spend three of your turns you can essentially have two turns uh yep. right now but you'll disengage quicker yeah exactly pretty much right away at the beginning and um i yeah. haven't used uh i haven't used crom or soren very much soren's been kind of one of my 
key ones I've used a lot. Oh, yeah. Even when Ike's not out. I mean, his bolting, free bolting for whoever's using him, especially if you put him on someone with strong magic, Ooh. is pretty useful getting some high, far range shots out. That's true. Yeah, I did use him once and I did notice he had the bolting ability, which was, but I didn't have him on a high powered magic user. I had him on. Yeah. Jean, which is not for me at least was it wasn't doing a lot of damage um i'll admit it doesn't do a giant ton of damage but that little peck you know extra poke can be enough to allow another character to kill instead of getting severely hurt you know true true yeah and so. i haven't used crom a lot but i do appreciate that crom and and uh i want to say robin that's correct yeah yeah yes crom and robin Crom and Robin are really cool. They have the they have um their special ability allows them both to attack at the same time, and then also their sync skill has Robin doing a lot of the uh, chain attacks, which is neat. The good yep. good idea there. I mean, it kind of fits with Lucina, who was you know her special skill does a bunch of extra chain attacks as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good fit there for Awakening. Um, and then Camilla, like, uh, I think she is really cool. I I have not unlocked all of her weapons, but starting with the bolt axe, I pretty much gave her to, uh, like a high powered magic user. I like the idea of like giving emblems to characters to give them like complete different weapon skills. And I know that's probably not the best approach strategically, but it is really neat to have like a very strong, it has its advantages, but you also yeah. got to be careful because of like you know giving a you know physical attacker a magic weapon skill in their background might not help much. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, with uh, with Ivy having Lin pretty much canonically, like when you when you recruit Lin or Lin and Ivy, um, which I uh, yeah I'm not oh uh, yeah anyway spoilers I suppose but um yeah no I think oh. uh, I think Camilla is really cool like she has this like very high powered uh, I think it's called Inferno or something and it just kind of like yes, lights Dark Inferno yeah it lights every other tile on fire and does a a lot of damage at least the one when when I was using it and uh, and then there are the sync skills that are extra useful yeah. Yeah, and and uh, honestly, all these bracelets are super powerful. They're very powerful, uh, made more so powerful when I think we were talking spoilers last episode. Uh, we might have mentioned this, but it's it's relevant for for today's spoiler chat in that like when you well, I shouldn't yeah when you lose emblems, you get to keep the bracelets, and it kind of felt <laughs> a bit like cheating, uh, a little bit, yeah. but uh, yeah. It is what it yeah. is. I guess for story reasons, they can't they can't have all the main story characters suddenly being like, "Give us the twelve rings and also those six bracelets as well that you've got." They don't really acknowledge. Well, also, also the bracelets are in the Felzinalog. Right in the Felzinalog, they have the seven bracelets instead of the twelve rings. It doesn't explain why the bracelets are on a random island off the mainland of our world, but. In the Felzinalog's alternate world, it's six bracelets instead of 12 rings or seven right. bracelets. Yeah. So. I kind of feel like it, look, as it is, it is definitely there to, to sell the, to get the DLC in. And the main story doesn't oh, yeah. really acknowledge the bracelets unless it absolutely has to. And um, a bunch of the bracelets have pretty powerful 
uh, inheritable skills. Like, every character in my army has fought Tiki in order to get her to level 5, so everyone can have um, the uh, Jean or Donald skill. Is that, that just increased XP? Level up. No, boost to level up. Ah. Higher chance of stats. I think it's 15% instead of the 10% Donald or Jean gets, but a 15% extra chance to level up each stat. And then Veronica has her... Um, Hers is a little higher up, but she has the SP boosting skill where you get a guaranteed 20 SP plus whatever you would earn normally for killing a unit. Right. I, uh, so. I, and that was the other one I hadn't talked about was Veronica. I, I, I love the idea of summoning like the fabrications into battle. I have not gotten any five star versions, which. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I love the idea of summoning fabrications into battle. I just wish the uh, game characters didn't cheat and always summon five stars while I keep summoning three and four star units. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so is this in the Felzina log that you're seeing Veronica summon five yep. star versions? I think they were summoning some four star version, three or four star versions, but, you know, kind of feels like everyone else gets summon the powerful ones. I think I think one of the late maps they automatically get them give them five star units also they're cheating in that they summon two at a time instead of just one like you i like the idea they uh, like included veronica and i like the idea of including summoning and all the sounds are there so like it's really cool uh but like like you said i don't know i don't know if veronica's um like her lines, I haven't heard a lot of her lines, but it, it, they feel off to me a little bit. Like um, almost like they they went what did with you, like. What did you think of her lines in the in her paralogue? Oh, I haven't done the paralogues yet. Or you wait? Yes, you have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do. Sorry, I forgot. The paralogue right. is how you got her. So unless you don't have Absolutely. her yet, I do have her. No, I was mistaken because yeah. So no, I do have her. I did her paralogue. Uh Okay, no, you're right. Like the lines in the paralogue were were <laughs> really good, but I'm I think I'm more like talking about like the um the bond lines. Like she's just so oh, like, yeah. she's like, I don't wanna be here. I mean that's kind of been her character the entire time. Y- yeah, I suppose. And I mean like it, it touches she, on she's always had that Cinderia attitude. Oh, I don't wanna be with you. I don't wanna follow you. I'm the ruler. True. You know. Yeah. But she's lonely and she really wants friends. Yes, exactly. Uh, but her paralogue was really cool because, as you said, like the lines in it are very funny because Alir kind of walks up to uh, Veronica and is like, hey, uh, maybe you can help us. And and she's like, no, you're going to join my army. And Alir's just like, what? <laughs> What's happening right now? <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought that was really good and and very fitting to the character. So maybe maybe I'm. Uh, maybe I'm just thinking of like one, a couple of lines she had that just felt a little off. But like, no, her introduction was really well done. Her, really her lines well. with Anna are fun. I have not done that yet. Oh, uh, like her bond, her bond lines, basically. Yep. Okay. Because she's like distracted by the fact that you know Anna is Anna, but and not the Anna she knows. What, what Anna does, yeah, Veronica yeah. know of the Anna from. From heroes, heroes. She's like, you remind me. You look a lot like someone I knew in my world, or whatever. <laughs> or no, you can't be, but you look so much like her. Yeah, <laughs> we're all thinking it, Veronica. Don't worry. It's uh, it's been a, 
been a weirdness the entire franchise. Uh, I think I think Anna has that with almost all the or most of the uh, units. Mm-hmm. Anna? Oh, oh, what that's right. Really yeah. Again, man, now you're making me want to go and make sure Anna has bond <laughs> at least one bond level with all of the heroes to to just see how she they react to her. Well, if you really don't want to do it yourself, I'm sure someone's posted up a compilation. Yeah, if I don't get around to it, I'll I'll definitely YouTube it because you're right. Like in this day and age, like you don't have to. If you don't want to, you don't you don't really have to grind yeah. out that rep. You can just kind of go look at the lines on YouTube, which you know, I mean, if you're enjoying the gameplay and, and that's a goal that you want for sure, I think that's fine. But for me, if I don't get around to it, I'll be like, you know what? Just uh, you're right. I'll just YouTube it. Um, but yeah, no, I I I think the DLC is is. It's I haven't done the Fell Xenolog yet, but I think it's well priced for what you get uh, with just the six heroes. I am looking forward to the story. I think it's like there's a lot of Fire Emblem that they have attached in this expansion pass to the main game, which was also a lot of Fire Emblem. And I take back what I said about like the bond conversations with the emblems. I know I wanted them to be more substantial, but when you kind of think about each of these 12 emblems plus the six have like unique dialogue with each character. Yeah. Each of these 18 emblems have to have unique dialogue with every single unit. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that they spend the time to do that with a Lear because that's your main character, but to do it with an extra 18 units. That's quite a lot of writing to worry about. Most units aside from a Lear only have a couple other units that they chat with. Mm-hmm. Of course. Now that we're going to go ahead and step away from the DLC and step into the spoiler chat for uh, up through chapter 21 and 22, final warning, because I'm about to say something that is kind of a big spoiler. Uh, it also makes a lot more sense that everyone has interaction uh, support conversations with Alir since that is how you improve your bond with Emblem Alir. Wow. Which was the big twist of the twenty one twenty two duo chapter. Alir, you lose the game. And then the emblems reveal they have a secret and they turn Alir into an emblem after Vale breaks free from her mind control and resurrects Alir as a perfect corrupted. Mm-hmm. Which is apparently something a Vale can do. Not the stumbling, shambling corpses we're mostly fighting. Yeah, uh... It was there was the first corrupted, which was like not great, but there was a second corrupted that so was revived. There was the Hyacinth, who was the one who was a previous perfect corrupted. He was looked and acted like his normal self, even though we had seen him getting get get eaten by uh, Sombron. Sombron. Yeah, it's uh, well, you know, the moments. So specifically with this like chapter 21 slash 22 chunk, there's a lot of like veil, the whole helmet thing with <laughs> there's a lot that happens in these two chapters and we, we could focus in specifically on that. But in a decent amount leading up to them that, you know, true kind of explains the helmet and all. Yeah, the helmet is there to basically like increase the spells power that, you know, hand wavy away like, the, you know. The old veil is gone. Step back we um to where we left off when we fought, you know, the corrupted, perfect corrupted hyacinth veil in the four hounds. 
Uh, we recovered the Roy emblem, and then uh, Good Vale grabbed the uh, Sigurd emblem and threw it back to us. And uh, that was when um, Zephia decided that of the uh, spells not strong enough, so went to Samron and he gave her a helmet to strengthen the um, spell and make it permanent, theoretically. Uh, but along the way, we travel across the ocean. We encounter a ship, or we get ambushed by a couple of illusion uh, ships in which we meet Linden, our usual old one-foot-in-the-grave late-game unit, uh, who joins up with us after we talk to him. Uh, we reach the port town in Illusia, and we find Saphir, who, if you don't remember, we met her back in Brodia uh, after the death of Mor Morian. Um, she somehow made her way over here, and she joins us, joins up within this chapter when we uh, once again fight um, Mavier, Mavier and, uh, what's her name, Marnie. Uh, get to see a bit more about them. Uh, any thoughts and comments on those two chapters? Yeah, uh, well, I did not... I had to look it up, because like, the way the characters were interacting with um, uh, the the armored unit... What, what was her name again? Sorry, I've, I've already forgot you had said it. Marnie? No, not Marnie. Um, I mean, Saphir's not armored, but she is you know, the Brodian one, if that's who you're talking Saphir. about. Saphir, yeah. Yes. I mean, I'll admit, I forgot, and then I realized, oh, wait, she was one of the ones who Morian left in charge of the castle when we left Brodia. Mm -hmm. So she's left after he was dead or something. I don't know exactly if they fully explain it, but she happens to be here in this town, that uh, illusion town that they've already raised and turned everyone into corrupted. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Like, I think, obviously, we're getting into the end game here, and there's a... There's still a, a a good chunk of characters that are being added, but it's um I think you got Linden in the 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 last chapter or yep. the chapter eighteen up, chapter, upon the boat upon the boats, and then chapter nineteen we fight uh, Marnie and or Mavier and Marnie and get um was it Celica and Micaiah back or was Celica the last one? Who I know, I'm pretty sure Micaiah. You know, you're right. Uh, no, it's uh, Micaiah and Roy that we get from this one. Well, no, we got. I thought we got Roy from the chapter 17. Uh, young Lion would be Roy, wouldn't it? Okay, yeah. then who was with. Who came with um, Sigurd? Just a sec here. Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. That would have been 16. Oh, maybe it was uh, Erica. Ah. Well, no, Erica was the one we picked up beforehand. That was. Chapter six or that fifteen or sixteen on the way to it. Um, let's see. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe this is uh, this is wrong. But yeah, no, I think that uh, you know we're also getting our emblems back. You know, bit by bit, and gotta say the four hounds. Uh, they get to walk away from a lot of battles. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times where they theoretically they should be killed, but no, no, they're not. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Uh and I and I think that um It was Emblem Leaf that came with Sigurd. That's who it was. Oh well that makes You're sense. You're right. It's Roy and Micaiah in this chapter. Yeah. And you know, we, we get to the castle in the twentieth chapter, and again we have to fight Gris who's like, ah, 
Yep. Hit me. Chris, he, yeah, he, we find him. It's another uh, dark map. Oh, so fun. Mm. He teleports around and attacks and then eventually goes back up to the top and waits for you. Uh, at the end of this, you get Emblem Celica and Gris reveals to you after fighting you. He, uh, a, a theory that Zephia has seems to be confirmed to him and uh, he confirmed, he reveals to you that Alir is actually the child of the uh, Dark Dragon, the um, of Sombron, the Fell right. Dragon. Right, right, yeah. Shakes Alir's confidence for a little bit. Yeah, not too long, but a little bit. Uh, yeah, her friends talk to her, and the emblems it point out to her the fact that, you know, while she uses incantations, which are technically something only how fell dragons awaken them, the fact that the emblems can actually talk and interact with her confirm that she is she has enough enough divine dragon power to be considered a divine dragon. Because apparently divine dragons only have to pray to awaken the emblems, but uh, yeah. fell dragons have to use the incantations. But she is, as her hair color denotes, a mix of the two, and she uses the incantations to awaken them, but they awaken as divine versions, blue versions. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. I thought that we, I, I knew that obviously Vale and Alir were sisters in, in my playthrough or, or siblings. And yep. uh, I, I caught that much. I figured we were, we were obviously Sombron was our father. Uh, and I, I was leaning more on the approach that um, uh, Lumera was our adopted mother, which also proves to be true. And, but I like the idea of like how the bad guys are confirming a theory by uh, seeing if she, how she awakens uh, an emblem. Yeah, after the battle, Gris lets us take Emblem Celica's ring, and when he sees how we awaken her, that's mm-hmm. how he knows. Yeah, and then also the good guys use that knowledge to be like, okay, yeah, while you may be a, a child of Sombron, you're also inherently good because you are summoning these emblems using, as you said, an incantation as opposed to a... a I forget what they, I forget what the fell dragons did, but they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they would rise in their red form, you know. But yeah, I, they can't speak. They're being forced into service. Yes. They don't have any, they don't have free will. You know, ability to speak. They don't have free will. Whereas the way that Alir and Divine Dragons summon, they have their personalities, their freedom to a degree. I don't know if you can or cannot if force them if you had to, but. They have free will, they can speak with you and bond with you, where they cannot bond as the red versions. And then we get to chapter 21, where we, where we have to return to Lethos. Um, after Gris leaves, or maybe as start of chapter 21, Mavier comes up to us and asks us to help free Vale. And um, Marnie is with them, with him, and she's kind of sort of against it, but she kind of realizes, you know... Something else is going on and sticks with Mar- Mavier. Mavier. Yeah, return to Lethos and confront them. And then we have our standard um, uh, cutscene stupidity, illogic, as we all stand there and watch as Zephia slowly walks up and stabs Marnie when she finally decides that what Zephia and Gris are doing is wrong. And Mavier joins us for the battle. I thought it was 
unfortunate that Marnie comes around and then they just <laughs> they just kill her unceremoniously and um, it was a bit unfortunate. Yeah, that was kind of my thought. It's like it's a bummer, and you know, it's not like and I know it's just the way the animation is done in the storyline, but it's not like you know she leaked at her. She just slowly, casually walked across the hallway to her and stabbed her. Mm-hmm. And this chapter ends with us uh, uh, freeing Vale from, uh, to a degree, freeing her from the uh, control of the helmet, a uh, chip in it that Marnie created before she was killed. And um, in that uh, moment, uh, Samron declares her a weakling uh, and goes to kill her, which Alir sacrifices herself to protect. And somehow, magically, despite the rings being, you know, spread out amongst all your allies and no one walking up and stealing it from him and you winning the battle, uh, he magically has all the rings and uses the power to raise his uh, his land that was sunk under the sea. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It was like, it starts with a G. Gone Braun. I don't know. That's not it. <laughs> I do not know. Uh, it doesn't matter. Off it doesn't matter. It's, 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 yeah. It, like, here's yeah. the thing. Um, you're right. Like, that moment where, you know, Alir is killed and then Sombron gets all the rings magically, maybe because the rings only work because the divine dragon is present. There's, a, there's some rules that aren't really established. And I think they kind of, they use the idea like, oh, well, Alir's dead. I mean, it's weird game rules and a logic because, you know, like in chapter 11, when you had the, uh, you know, time crystal back and defeated an enemy that had a ring because the game says you're not allowed to have that emblem back. doesn't matter. You don't get it. Even though Vale at that point, evil Vale at that point had no way to retrieve it. She just magically had it back still. So, yeah, yeah but it's, uh, it like it kind of like in this sense it works to kind of progress the story give the big bad yeah. like this big moment because honestly like i so there's a lot that happens there's a lot of you know back and forth here where alir the main character is is dead and they play it up as yep. she has died and i did not see that coming i didn't think like oh wow they're actually gonna oh yeah they're obviously not gonna kill her because so we've got this more. this is where it gets weird and confusing for me uh, they play it up that you know, they point up she's dead. She wakes up sort of in a, you know, mystical space. Her and Vale are both there, or blue, purple-eyed Vale. If I recall correctly, red-eyed Vale is controlling the body Yes. at that point. Um, they have a discussion, and uh, Alir gives purple-eyed Vale the pep talk boost needed for her to retake over her body. Uh, I think even rip off the helmet for good. Uh, which then Vale uh, uses her power to create a perfect corrupted to resurrect Alir, at least for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then that takes us into chapter 22, where in the destroyed castle, we run around fighting monsters and reawakening and recovering all the emblem rings. Yeah. And routing the enemy. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, like, her being resurrected as a corrupted was another thing. I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't think they would go this route. And I think that's a clever way. Like, of course, like they kill her off. They're going to have to find a way to bring her back. And she's already 
been mortally wounded and brought back a thousand years ago or well, over the course of a thousand years. And the fact that they bring bring our main character back as a corrupted is like, whoa, is this how we're going to progress through the through the remainder of the game? They even change her title to corrupted uh, Alir. Whatever you named her. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, obviously that doesn't last more than a chapter, but. Yeah, because we successfully fight off the enemies. We collect all the rings. Um, and then um, uh, Alir dies again because uh, she used up all the power that she was given as a corrupted to uh, summon the rings. And is it in this death world that she talks to the emblems? I forget where exactly because she resurrects the emblems as a red version. So are they able to talk in their red version this time? No, it it is in the it is in like the emblem world. I think like this in between, and the emblems are limbo. Yeah, limbo, and and the emblems are sentient. Yeah. Yep they ha- they reveal they have a special power, a way to if they are all twelve of them are av- agreed, they can burn up the re- their power for the future and ever, you know, future forever or whatever the rest of the future, to turn someone they agree on into a 13th emblem. And as if you haven't seen this one coming, obviously this is the Fire Emblem, because, you know, it's Fire Emblem. Should have seen that one coming before they revealed it. I should have. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I did not see it coming. I was like, but of course. Not, neither did I until, you know, once they revealed it, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, now you're wondering why they called them emblems. It was kind of like an odd choice. It's like, well, it's because she's the fire emblem, or he or yep. she is the fire emblem. And it's, uh, look, it's it's cheesy. You know, they say the name of the franchise. Uh, they, they fit it in there. But, I mean, the fire emblem was a shield with a bunch of gems on it for a bit. So, like, you know. Yeah, the fire emblem changes regularly. There's, there's always a fire emblem somewhere. But, you know, what exactly it is is... I think it's been a shield a lot of times, but it's not preset. It has to be this specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, bringing her back as an emblem, and we do get some foreshadowing that the 12 emblems have this power because there is a cutscene earlier, not too long ago in the game, where they are discussing the idea of this miracle that they can perform. Yeah, they're one miracle, and they're discussing using it on Lumera. Yeah. Yeah. All this happens, and they use it on Alir instead. And they do point out that they have to all be agreed in order to do it. So until they get the lost emblems back, they cannot do it. Yeah, yeah. So. But it it um, but it, essentially they can do it once, but it kind of removes all their power. Pa- like they yeah, they lose all their power. Future They're, they'll otherwise. no longer be able to do their thousand year pa- uh, bump or power or thousand year wish. They've done their one miracle. Thunder Miracle, and that's it. They still sort of have their power because they still have, you know, you can still bond and use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, having just wrapped up 22, and we're not going to discuss further, but like, it is interesting to see that our main character has now been transformed to an emblem. However, it does appear as though like that's not going to like change the gameplay at all. Like, we're still, like, I don't even think we keep the look of just the blue hair, right? Because like in the emblem cutscene that's where i was getting at with the where this gets that makes things weird because you did technically die um you know and you were raised as a corrupted 
And yet it seems that you are back fully alive now that you're an emblem and not a floating emblem like they show. Um, now that you, I don't know if you've, you, I think you said you just finished, so you haven't had a chance to test it out and try it. Now that uh, Alir is an emblem, uh, you can do Engage Plus with allies who also have an emblem on in a full uh, Engage bar. If Alir and another ally next to her, and that is how you use the Alir weapons and skills. Well, yeah, Alir weapon and fully engaged skills in the battles. And um, I think when you do that, Alir goes into her blue-haired form, or their blue-haired form. But for the most part, they still they seem to be being turned into emblems. Seems to have brought them fully back to life. And I guess since you're from this world, you get to be normal and live in this world. Oh, well, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, 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 I enjoyed this sort of milestone section. I thought the story, the story has really uh, bumped up. Um, and of course there's, there's some, there's some, uh, cheesy writing a little bit. Uh, you know, it's Fire Emblem writing. It is, uh, there, but you know, there's still some really interesting ideas here. The fact that they, they play with, they, they, the character is killed off and then brought back and then literally you have like the ending of Infinity War happening as as uh, Elir is like, no, I don't, I don't want to go, Mr. Stark <laughs> type stuff. And they they do a good job with that, I thought. And and then bringing bring, you know, Elir back as a as an emblem, fire emblem aside, uh, I think that is a really neat touch. So uh and kind of fits in with like our main characters sometimes getting like a like an upgrade near the end game. Um, yep. So yeah. All in all, I'm really excited uh, to continue playing, and I will be checking out the Fell Xenolog um, probably sooner rather than later. I've been grinding up some stuff, but I might try and push through to finish it. But uh, most likely next time we meet, we might discuss the Fell Xenolog. Yeah. And then go to the end after that. I think that's a grand idea, and yeah, we'll continue our Fire Emblem Engage conversations, uh, likely, as Eddie said, with the DLC, but that is going to do it for our episode. Thank you so much for sticking with us. If you uh, have played that much of Fire Emblem Engage, uh, the story is really, really getting... I'm going to be interested to see how it ends, so uh, join us as we continue with our adventures there, but... Until then, you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You'll also find the uh, thread that Eddie has created for spoilers if you want to jump in there and see some thoughts um, as they're experienced. Since this is not a forum, this is a thread, um, we did make the rule that... um, you denote where the where in the story the stuff you're talking about takes place, but you do still spoiler tag it because we don't want to spoil thing for people who haven't quite reached that part yet. So you'll note, you know, like for the Felzinalog stuff, I would put, you know, Felzinalog chapter three post battle or post game, you know, end of chapter three, and then I would tag what I wrote. So you can hop in without worrying about getting spoiled. Yeah, it's been set up really well. So again, yeah, you can jump in there. Even if you've only played up to chapter 10, you can see the thoughts that are tagged with the chapter and 
and uh, click through on the spoilers. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Dralfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers Inn for show updates. Check out gamepress.gg slash feheroes, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. They've got all the new characters up from the fresh banners. And uh, that is going to do it for our episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great couple of weeks and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.